Welcome to the Dominate Your Fitness Podcast. Crush your training, maximize results, elevate your life. Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dominate Your Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Longhurst, and today I am genuinely buzzing and I'm so excited because today I have a very, very special guest joining me on the show and we're going to be discussing how he became one of the fittest athletes in Australia. So let me give you a little wrap of what this guy's all about. So today I'm joined by Mr. Callum Ward. So Callum is a four times regional level CrossFit athlete. He has had over 10 years experience competing in the sport of CrossFit. He's been coaching for over nine years. He runs his own CrossFit facility in Melbourne which is the wonderful Ward's Gym. And he's also competed in Ironman triathlons and also jiu-jitsu. So, Callum, welcome to the show, mate. Oh, thanks for having me, mate. What a wrap, what a wrap, hey? Bit of a a backlog there, you know, (laughs) a couple of years. Couple, couple, of, couple of squats earned. Yeah. A few, a few accolades picked up along the way. Yeah. So, mate, I'm really, I'm really excited. I think uh, the listeners today are going to get some awesome insight into a bit about you know your training background, what yeah. you had to do to get to the level you were competing at, and also you know how you are able to add insight and add value to the people that train in your facility on a daily basis. So sure. I am super pumped, mate. That's gonna be good. So I just wanted to start off with like a little bit of your background. Like tell me about, you know, how you first got into CrossFit, what CrossFit is yeah. and, you know, what regionals is because a lot of these things, people aren't even going to know what the hell CrossFit is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. give me a bit of background, like just two minutes of, yeah, yeah go for it. No, I guess the, the best way to look at it is I, I was I was personal trainer from 2006 onwards and uh, that was always, you know, just gym weights that go nowhere, you know, basically. Uh, I then picked up uh, jiu-jitsu and MMA and some boxing and stuff like that just to sort of, I really wanted to be an MMA fighter. I thought that was going to be my dream. <laughs> Did it for about two years and then changed jobs. So, dream gone. But whilst doing that training, I couldn't just do like, I'm just doing my weights, you know, I'm just doing my, my four sets of 10 or whatever I was doing. So did that start all with you just going to the gym, you know, like just pumping weights, four by 10, like you said, yeah. is that how you just got into training? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I didn't do any specific sports that needed me to do weights. I just yeah. wanted to look like I had some muscles on me. So uh, that led to jujitsu. But the thing that I found with jujitsu and MMA and all that is your body's just getting smashed all the time. So you couldn't be doing these workouts that were just going to isolate muscles and you're trying to build muscle that was not going to help you in a fight. So that's why I sort of fell into like doing a bit more conditioning circuit style training, doing all this stuff that was very specific to MMA. Then once I left that and went back to doing personal training again, I didn't have time to fight, didn't have time to train all the time. So then I started adopting ways that I could keep that, that, like animal instinct that I had from fighting and carried over to my own training in the gym. I was done with doing bodybuilding. I was like, I've, I've found that there's something better than bodybuilding. Like mm. you can move past four sets of 10. Um, and that's why I found CrossFit. And I, I you know, I, I, there was nothing around at the time. I like YouTubed CrossFit and that was the CrossFit games. And it was from 2009 at the ranch and it was just 
the shittest thing you've ever seen. And that was like when it was first starting to... Yeah, right? man. It was like, I think it started maybe three years before and they didn't have any footage of that, but they had the footage of this yeah. one and I think it was called Every Second Counts. And I saw them all I've doing seen that. that. Yeah, I've seen you it. see like big Jason Khalifa win it for the first time. And I was, I was hooked. And so that was like end of 2011, 2012. I registered for my first Open, which is your entry point to make it to regionals. You need to finish in the top 30 in all of Australia and New Zealand back in the day. Um, and I come 188th and I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't know how to do double unders, couldn't snatch. Clean was probably like 80 kilos, you know, yeah. had a couple of pull-ups, maybe a handful of muscle-ups. Could do bar muscle-ups because that's what came from the gym. Okay, no so overhead squat. <laughs> my, my mind is racing right now. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like when you were starting, you were doing bodybuilding, you know, yeah. you wanted to do, do fighting, like, so you were yeah. training in the gym so that you could be a better fighter. Like... What was the thing that made you want to change from doing that mundane, you know, four by 10 split in the gym to then being like, you know what, I want to do something a bit more exciting like CrossFit is. And we'll get into what exactly CrossFit is because you just listed off a whole bunch of stuff and people will be like, I got no idea what that is. So what was that like, that spark that kind of triggered you to go from bodybuilding in the gym four by 10 to I want to do something different? Yeah, I had, I had no, um, I had no endurance. So when I was doing rolls and we'd be rolling for two hours at a time and you're just back to back different guys and you're, you're, you're trying to get five fit, you know, then also trying to then keep bubbly muscles. It just doesn't, they don't go together. What you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to cut that off and go, all right, I need to have some endurance. I need some lengthening to my muscles. I need to have flexibility. I need to be able to transfer strength into movement and that's what that's what it, it exposed me to changing my rep ranges changing my movement patterns like doing lots of like things that you just would never have done in the gym you probably wouldn't do that many pull-ups you'd be like oh i might do some pull-ups and some dips mm. but you're pretty much your back workouts are fully made for pull-ups rope pulls oh yeah you know just anything, smashing one muscle yeah, group at and, time. and but you're getting volume as as it's so much volume you can get on it so really changed the way i looked at training and then again injury based like you you break and reach like you're just popping those little, you know, everything's breaking, <laughs> you know, wrap. knees are getting, you know, just dislocated because the muscles were strong and you'd, you'd be too, too strong, but couldn't use anything. So then you stop being as strong and having all this bulky mass and then you have these strong, long muscles and it could, it actually help you stay a lot more in line and fitter and mm. injury free. And what about like, so I totally get where you're coming from. I think a lot of people go through that. They just in, they're stuck in that the same routine. So for you doing CrossFit and doing something different was like a way to just one, vary your training it up, but two, hit some more, get some stimulus as well. You know, mm. not just strength, yeah. but you could get cardio, you could get yeah. power, you could get flexibility, right? So, and I think making the switch to CrossFit was probably a good move for that standpoint. But like, did you, how did you go from a mindset standpoint when you were doing that bodybuilding? Cause I know a lot of people, it's just same shit, different days. So like, yeah. did you find the same? Uh, look, I guess with bodybuilding, it was like, I, I took myself away from all um, like bad influences. So I like, it, it, that almost sort of started to get me in the mindset of like, you can get up at, you know, that's when I was getting up at four in the morning and I'd go for like a six kilometer walk before breakfast. And then like you're doing all this shit that you don't need to do and it's unnecessary stuff, but you're like, I've yeah. got to get as lean as possible. I'm not lean enough yet. And mm. then you're, you're doing all this work off of no carbs and you're just eating proteins and fats. <laughs> and it's like the worst thing ever. But 
that I think kind of gives you a little bit of mental toughness if people have actually gone all the way through like I think I was 2.7% body fat for four weeks and then 3% for two weeks prior to that 4% for two weeks prior to that to be able to maintain that but at no point are you athletic yeah you are just you can barely get through your strength workouts you're sitting there at low intensity cardio because you can't do anything else to then yeah having that switch to change to like I'm done with that I want to do something that I can actually fuel myself well for and actually be athletic at the same time like the 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 toughness that I earned from that, I could carry over to that. And then, but I always had a bit of a like, a no stopping mentality. Like I had to be the best and mm. I wanted to be the best at what I could be. And I was like, there was always like a fear of like, maybe I could get too good at this. And if I, if I really overexposed myself to this stimulus. And so I, um, I always tried harder than I could ever be. And I always had to be first. I always had to win everything. Yeah. Always, yeah. So I don't know. I think I had a bit of a psycho mentality anyway to begin with <laughs> the, the animal instinct yeah. for sure so i love that you just touched on that by the way like i think a lot of people especially in the bodybuilding space uh you know you go on instagram on social media and you see all these people with like eight packs mm. and they're doing the fake tan and mm. all this stuff and they got two percent body fat mm. but they're not functional yeah. and that's not healthy no. And I think it's really interesting that you kind of experience something similar and then you're like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. I am getting nothing from being in this physique. So no, you're I a need to make a change. you're a miserable person to be around eating chicken and broccoli for like <laughs> all your meals. What? Like that's terrible. 100%. Mate, it's great. Uh, no, no treats, nothing. Yeah. It's not a... I it's not, a, it's not an enjoyable lifestyle. Bless the body anyone. Like, yeah. I, I always say to the guys that I train, like... You can't stay consistent with anything if you don't enjoy it. Like exactly. training morale and your, you know, input and satisfaction from doing something is like one of the biggest things to be able yeah. to actually stay in it for the long game. So yes. I find that's really interesting that that was the reason that made you want to go down the CrossFit path. Oh, for sure, for sure. And so to give you guys a bit of background, CrossFit is the sport of fitness. Mm. So it started, you know like Calum was saying, around that 2009, 2010 mark. And it was basically, they got these bunch of people together on a farm. And they're like, right, who is the fittest person out of everyone? And this CrossFit has evolved where to, to test someone's true level of fitness, it's diving into a whole lot more than just your ability to lift weights. Like yeah. strength is one component, but we've got gymnastics, we've got skill work, we've got Olympic weightlifting, yeah. we've got conditioning, you know? There is a whole plethora of things to dive into. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's what I really love about doing cross, CrossFit as well. I've been doing it for four or five years now, and every time I walk into the gym, it, into the gym, it is something completely different. It is, yeah, with, with a bit of direction. <laughs> with yeah. a bit of direction yeah, yeah. you know what your weakness are, weaknesses are you know what your strengths are mm. but you know you've got to keep it varied 100% and you've also got to keep it a bit exciting so because it's very that's hard. what you're all about <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so now you so tell me a bit about that then you start doing CrossFit yeah. at what point did you go from oh my god like it, it ropes you in you get yeah. hooked on it you're like yeah. oh this is really really this is a fun enjoyable way of training I'm loving this yep. at what point did you then go okay I want to start taking this seriously and actually try and compete you mentioned we'll yeah. talk about the open in a second yeah. but yeah. like tell me about that very start of yeah, your CrossFit yeah, yeah. journey so when I went back to work and then running my own business out of like just a genesis uh, you know like 
I, I, I love the idea of handstands, bar muscle ups, which you use in these like gym bars to do bar muscle ups. I like the idea of pushing hard cardio on a rower or a treadmill. I didn't really have any Olympic lifting. They only had like a couple of Olympic barbells and I didn't have overhead squats. So I've never really got to do any of that. Um, but you know, like it started, like you could see it, that people could see it in you that you're doing these workouts that are just wild. You'd be sprinting on a rower, running down between a whole bunch of treadmills, doing all these handstand push-ups, jumping over fences, you know, pushing sleds up and down the gym. They didn't even have sleds in gyms back then, so you'd push chairs with people sitting on them. Just <laughs> random stuff. And, and Functional people were like, fitness, right? People would look at it and be like, what is wrong with this person? And then, yeah, like doing the open, like you said, jumping in that, and then after that, seeing how people that owned CrossFit gyms, I was beating, and I had no idea what I was doing. There was just a, a, like a switch, and I literally left that gym, canceled my contract, opened up a personal training studio so I could affiliate my first gym and use that for a good year to build a base of members and clients and people that were keen to get after it mm-hmm. and then opened up a bigger one and we, we went to regionals in 2013 as an individual. So tell us a bit about, let, let's, t- let's talk on you know what the open is because yeah. that was your first real point of touching the, the competition space in CrossFit, right? So yeah. tell the listeners what yeah, what, the what, the, what the hell is the Open? Because well, people yeah. be like, I don't fucking know what the Open the is. The Open is a worldwide event that runs every year. It used to run the exact same date every year and it's over five weeks. The workouts get released in Australia on Friday, but it's, sorry, Friday? yeah, it's Thursday in the States. Yeah. Uh, they would release it live, so two people would hit the workout live. The, they would build it all up and i tell you what this workout is. No one knows what it is until that is getting released and it never has been leaked. Um, you then have until for us the Tuesday morning to get that workout submitted so it might be anything workout wise but it's always a crossfit thing so it can't be just workout wise but like oh what's workout like going for a swim it can't be that it has to be something you can record you need a judge to record you make sure they do all the reps and the reason the reason why that is is because it's workouts that everyone it's the exact same workout that everyone does across the world so it needs to be really easy really accessible Yes. Um, okay, and so you did your very very first open. What year was that? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. And how long have you been doing CrossFit at this point? Months. A couple of months. Yeah. So you do your very first open, and you're just like, I'm just going to jump in, give it a crack, see how it go. Yeah. Okay. And you place a hundred eighty eighth. Yeah. In Australia. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Australia, very Australia, first New one. Zealand. Yeah. So we used to just be Australia, New Zealand. That was our region. Um, yeah. One eighty eighth. Pretty happy with it. Pretty chuffed. I was like, oh, I thought Damn. I was going to be way back in the bus. Here. Yeah. And yeah. I did, I did crap. Like, I didn't do good <laughs> at all. Like, I look back at that now and be like, there's some easy scores to beat. You know? Oh, and the standard, yeah. like, as we talk, <clears throat> excuse me, as we talk now in 2022, the standard oh, is so different. 10 years advancement and training equipment, obviously competing with lots of people that are taking extra stuff, but it has advanced and you need to evolve and advance with that. Yeah. And if you just try to do what you did in 2012, you're not going to get there in 2022. No. But you've got to be smart about it or you'll never see 2022. Mm. That's the hardest thing. A lot of people will never make it to see more than a couple of years of CrossFit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty demanding. Like for yeah. people who do CrossFit and they're listening to this, like they'll attest to the fact that it's hard. It's yeah. very, very taxing on the body. You, you have to go through a lot of stuff. And... This is why I really wanted to get you on the show was because 
competing at such a high level in a sport that's so demanding is definitely no easy feat whatsoever. Yeah. So let's go from, you know, you finished the first Open, you finished 188th, you're like, all right, I did a lot better than I thought I would. Yeah. And did that kind of ignite the spark in you a little, a little bit to be like, okay, I want to I wanna put my chips in here and, and see how I go? And yeah, actually I went all in at that point. Yeah. Like workouts went from one day a week. Uh, one workout a day to two to three workouts a day for short, sharp workouts. Train just like everything that anyone that went to the games did and they were posting to social media on YouTube, which is all we had back then. You know, Instagram wasn't even really yeah. a thing people posted on back True. then. I'd look up YouTube workouts, see what they did, and I'd try and beat them. And that's all I did for an entire year, mm. just try to beat them. And then worked on weightlifting, did a weightlifting course with Donnie Shankle, learned how to lift properly. Did, did I do a gymnastics? No, I didn't really do a gymnastics thing. I just sort of winged it with gymnastics and could pick everything up. Um, and then come 2013, a year deep of training hard. Yeah. I wouldn't say my diet was amazing because you're burning that many calories. I was like- Just eight, through training. 80, 80 kilos at best. Yeah. Of like just putting- It's in, like literally just- Disgusting get, mass in me. It, yeah. it didn't matter what it was, right? Get the food M&Ms, in. <laughs> you know, pizzas. You put it out there, I'd put it away, right? <laughs> Um, you know, I'm also 10 years ago younger, right? 25 years <laughs> Got old. Got the metabolism, metabolism goes with it. It's like, damn, it doesn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and then went hard on it and then was super prepped for 2013. There was one event in January, uh, Australia Day, January 2013 that came up, which was a chance to sort of see how that year had gone. And that's where I came sixth. And that was against like the best guys in Australia, basically. And so... Okay, hold on. Let's just stop there. Yeah. So, the the way you go from the Open, which is that big worldwide, you know, competition that you're doing, the next stage is to go to what's called regionals. Mm. So, Callum has competed at regionals four times as an individual and once in a team. Yeah. And basically, what they do with the people that compete really, really well in the Open, which is those big wide worldwide workouts the people that do really well there they get they take the top 30 athletes i think it is now the top 30 athletes in the country so as callum was saying for us it's um the oceana region is like australia and new zealand mainly so they take that was back in the day it's changed now it's changed now yeah but basically the people with the top 30 scores so you're in the top 0.1% 0.1% of people yeah. competing yeah. and they basically invite you to go to compete at this place called regionals and everyone of those top 30 they meet up together to compete and battle it out over a weekend and the goal from regionals is to get a ticket to the CrossFit Games which is the absolute top level of the sport and it's basically like the Olympics for CrossFit the CrossFit yeah, Games. The CrossFit so games, yeah. that is, you know, and in, it's just to get to the regionals level of competition is like an insane level of fitness. And yeah. you, you touched on the fact that you finished sixth in an event. So let's talk a bit about like, what was it like competing at that level and the training you did to get to that level? You mentioned that you were comparing yourself to guys on YouTube, but like, what did your training program look like? I mean, you talked about nutrition a bit. Like, mm. let's talk about what that, the physical demand was on your body, what you were eating, like what your yeah. mindset was to be able to compete at that, at that level. Yeah, so like, I mean, for that year, like, 
you know, you're coming from someone who had a 70, gets a PR snatch in these, in that open 2012 of 76 kilos, <laughs> disgustingly, right? And still no overhead squat, none of that. Then you put all this work into learning your weightlifting, doing your benchmark workouts. So a benchmark workout is workouts that people use as a basically a universal test against each other. Whoever did CrossFit, there's a set weight, set rep, set movements, and you do the standard. And then that's a good idea to see, you can kind of base yourself to see where you might place if you were to compete against that person in an event. So you're doing all these things, you're, you're sleeping lots, you know, you're, you're doing all the things that are right to get you to the place. And, um, you know, like, I guess for me, I, I wanted to make it to regionals, but I had a external influencer that made me really need to get to regionals because after that comp I was saying that I came six overall in, in Australia day, that was before the open in 2013. So then we do the Open in 2013, and I finished like top 20 or something in Australia. And this is your very first, the, 2013 first. is when you first got to regionals. Yeah, so that opened to make it to regionals, so I finished there. And then this Nuffy from Sydney decided that he was going to do a little bit of trolling on me, yeah. and started following all of my social media, and then like breaking down everything I do and he's still like to this day the biggest Nuffy, I won't even mention him, he's not worth it, but yeah. it's um. It, it, it lit a fire so hot inside me that like made me get to, to regionals and go as hard as I could possibly get. Um, but it burnt me out. Interesting. It got to me a bit more mentally than it should have got to me. And then, then I, um, I it, it didn't burn me out to the point where like, I like wanted to quit CrossFit, but I was tired, I overtrained for it. I did more than I should have done, yep. but it helped me learn to train properly for the next, the next following years of CrossFit. Gotcha. So it was, a, it was a blessing in disguise. It made me hungrier than I've ever been, because I had to show him up. And, and you prove. wanted to, so you had someone who was kind of on the outside looking in, judging you a little oh, bit. He was the next games athlete. Okay. And he had, he had yeah, he, he did have... A, he had yeah. skin in the game. Yeah. But that was your... I find that really interesting that someone outside of your your own circle, like, yeah. that was the kicker that you needed to be like, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Um, and then at what point did it transition to, I'm going to prove you wrong to, internally, I want to do this? Yeah. At what point so- did you find that transition? The transition on that would have been, so after 2013, I was like, good, I've got to make it back to, to regionals in 2014, but I have to be stronger because I was too weak. I was an 80 yeah. kilo boy. Yeah. Well, I was 25, I was a man, but <laughs> I felt like a boy to these guys because they're so big. Um, um, but the, I, I was like, all right, the thing that's missing is I have no strength. So 2014 focused on getting large lifts, like getting okay. my snatch up over 100 kilos comfortably, getting my clean and jerks into 130s, doing all these things to get my numbers up for me, which I thought were large lifts at the time. Yep. But then what happened, <laughs> then what happened is I got um, salmonella February 9th. Oh, no, it would have been the Feb 1st. And then we competed Feb 9th and I went from... Oh, that's rough. Yeah, an 87 kilo guy down to 78 kilos and competed Feb 9th at wow. a, just a, a pairs come with my wife. But I was like, on weights where I was like putting up 105, I'm now barely getting 90 kilo snatches. And I was like, oh my God, I've lost all my gains that I've committed to for this year. 
And then I, I, I know that only two weeks away is the open. And I was like, my entire year, all that, all that work is gone. And then I know what's coming. There's five weeks of competition coming. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be rough. And Man. I don't make it in 2014 because I'm weak as, I'm still like quite lethargic because I've dropped so much weight um, in those, you know, a couple of weeks prior to that. And I just like repeated workouts like five times. And that's the thing about the Open. You can do the Open as many times as you want. Those, yep. As long as you get it done before the cutoff and you have your workouts submitted with the coaches. So the worst thing is, is that you're trying to redo a workout that's heavy, right? Like the, that you had that like really heavy 140 kilo deads in it for heaps of reps. Lots of snatches from the ground. Like all these things that were like not bad, but just too much workload to be repeating. You need to be able to execute. Like 2013 was a one and done. 2014 was like a five and I'm still not done. I, was, mm. I reckon I could get one more in on the next day. Mm. So you're going back to back days of hitting heavy, heavy work. Mate, absolute cooking, didn't make it. Mm. And then <laughs> like literally drove me insane because I wanted to be back. I wanted back to back years of, yeah. of competing at regionals. I've missed out of 2014. So especially because you know you had it in you because yeah. you'd already made it in 2013 yeah. so it's like you had that you had the proof that yep. yep you've got you can compete with the top dogs yeah do you think that i find it really fascinating that you you had a setback though mm. like you got salmonella right before you yeah meant to compete I was you had been and had lost like right. kilos and kilos of weight and yeah. you had put all this work into doing all this straight work sweet. I thought I was and you're like walking. yeah you're gonna smash it yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm trumping this you know do you think when you look back on that yeah do you think that setback kind of set you up for success bloody oath because then yeah. I didn't make it I then had to sit on the sidelines but I, I looked at it as with the training wise I now have a head start on next year's training on these guys because I don't have to now put a little blunt because I know I'm not going to make it to the games games is so hard like yeah. just to make regionals is hard yeah yeah for me if I could finish you know close enough to that I'm like that's a win right mm. so then I'm like great well for me I know I don't have to look at the games I don't need to be doing silly stuff with my training so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to focus on getting back to the open in 2015 and I'm going to give it absolute hell and so then I've got this year head start to really ramp my training and now I'm mm. smarter I'm more technical and I've got a head start on everyone. So in my mind, I'm like, you have to make it in 2015. But then at the same time in 2015, with all this beautiful training that's going down, bulk gains, like I'm like walking around at like 92 kilos now from a kid that was 78 kilos, 80 yeah. years first regionals. This weight compounding effect is all happening. Everything's on track to happen again. And now we're expecting a baby and the baby's going to get born middle of the open. <laughs> Just to throw a spanner in the works. Eh? It's never meant to be easy. It's never meant to be easy. I think... Um, I mean, I'm not giving birth, so I don't know. It's not that hard. But it's still... There's there's some stresses that don't need to be there. There's, there's little things that could be making it harder or just testing you to see if you've got what it takes to make it. And I think it's so cool that you had the mindset to be like... You've had this setback, you had salmonella, all this stuff, you were weak, you couldn't compete. But then, instead of getting down in the dumps that, oh, I can't compete in 2014, my life's over, I'm done, I'm throwing the town, because a lot of people would do that. Yeah. When setbacks happen and they're so big, like a lot of people, it's too much for them. And they genuinely, they throw the towel in like, that's it. Yeah. I love 
that you had the mindset to be like, no, nah, you know what? I have a head start now. This is actually yeah. better for me yeah. because it I gives me more seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's all I was thinking. Why didn't you miss out like I did? I'm, I'm totally going to go there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, but like, I'm so, I love that that's the way your brain operates. Yeah. You know? It's like, that's the definition of opportunities, not obstacles. And I yeah. think so many people can get value from just thinking in that way. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's huge. And so over that time when you, you, you know, you obviously made it back in 2015 and then yeah. you, you went on to compete two more times at that yeah. level. Like, did you find over that time you were able to fine tune your nutrition? Obviously we spoke about your mindset, your mm-hmm. training was a bit more structured. Like how did that, how did that flow on? Yeah, so I guess 2015 competed, had an awesome year, lifted well, was large, everything was awesome. But then the baby had come, so I was like, all right, I'm taking a year off just because this, it's, it's a large commitment of my life. Of course. going yeah. for hours of a day training. Of course. So I take that time off, and I'm like, I'm also going to indulge a little bit. So when we talk nutrition, there was no nutrition. <laughs> I'm talking rums every night after work. I'm talking brownies twice, three times a week, <laughs> trays of it. Mate, I blew it out. So 92 compete, walking around at 103 then. From a guy who couldn't crack 81 kilos, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. So now, like, life's 80, yeah, 103. But then I was like, I think 2017 is going to be my year. Like I took six months off like that and just really let my body go and just did a little bit of lifting and stuff. And then I was like, right, well, no more of this junk food, no more, more drinking. We'll turn it back around. So you cleaned it right cleaned up. Cleaned it right up, really focused on training. Lifts all went through the roof because I guess you've got all those gains from being heavy. You get to then transfer that into lighter. Yep. Couldn't get too light. So we sat around about 94 kilos when we competed for 2017. Dominated the open, super duper easy. Uh, everything's flying really well, super duper strong. Best lifts I've ever done 120 snatches, 145 clean and jerks. Like everything's looking sweet. 165 splits, bench was massive. Yeah, you know, everything was strong. Yeah. Um, and you're training for all this strength. You're like, I'm a big boy, let's do strength. But then, you know, like there's always something. They, they find a way to get here CrossFit and you get to CrossFit and they're like, guess what? There's no weights in this year's of regionals. It's all body weight, all cardio, all gymnastics, all cardio. You get a dumbbell and it's thirty six kilos. Yeah, you, know? you get some kettlebells. They're sixty eight kilos each. You know, two of them. And it's just like completely not used to yeah. what you've been doing for so long. Yeah, so it was yeah. cool. Like I really liked it because for me, I looked at that year as this is going to be my last year. I don't want to go further than this. If I ever go again, I want to do teams because mm. it's it's a lonely road, and you know, like you can be a really strong mindset but if you've been doing it for so long you kind of get a bit bored you want to have more people to hang with if you want to have a team that you're trained against and well and against. you're giving so much of your lifestyle up as well like mm. you were training what two times a day two three times a day, two times a day yeah you were day. yeah you're committing your whole life to it and i think mm. a lot of people don't realize the level of commitment sacrifice and dedication you actually have to give mm. to be able to see all these amazing amazing results which you were able to experience firsthand which i yeah. think is so cool yeah um mate that's awesome i think you know i'm i'm feeling really enriched by this conversation already and i, I hope that you know the listeners are able to you know get some value as well and how they can structure their training and the way they can think as well so um any, any final things to add on kind of, you know, your experience competing yeah, at regionals yeah. and CrossFit or? Yeah, look, I, I think like the best thing you can do, <laughs> the best thing you can do is, is have a really good goal. Like find something that you're really passionate about, something that you're gonna love to do. 
and then just get tunnel vision. Like, don't don't let external influences get there. Don't let them get in your head. I mean, sometimes they do. There's not much you can do about it. But keep remembering that there is a bigger goal, and you want to work towards that goal. Mm. And 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 just and stick out. Like, so many people will want to do something, and they just don't have what it takes to stick it out. So I think going always going back to your why and finding reminding yourself the reason why are you doing this? Why are you putting your body through all this pain and hurt? Like. So I think you've hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah. Like having that strong goal and that tunnel vision toward that is going to be monumental if you want to yeah. like get good results in anything. And if we if we touch on now, like so, obviously you've been an, an amazing athlete over your time. Still are. He still beats me, by the way. <laughs> but like you've obviously you've also been running your amazing gym for yeah. over nine years now. Yeah. Like so. What advice, like how do you help people that come into your gym and they've seen, you know, the Netflix documentary on the CrossFit yeah. game and like, oh, I want to do ring muscle-ups or whatever. And they just want that. They have a, yeah. an internal drive to just better their life in some way. Like how, what's your philosophy for helping just like the, every, the everyday yeah, person? Yeah. Because not everyone wants to compete at the level that sure. you did. So yeah. like, they like the look of it or they might just want like, you know, easy way loss. They might want just, they just want to feel good, look good, you know, have a better life, be pain free, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's just being realistic with people, like giving them a good timeline of when things are achievable. Like after training thousands of people for years, you get to see what different timelines should take and a realistic timeline. But then giving people like the belief that it's possible for them to get these, these goals that you believe that they're possible to get for that person. Because um, sometimes people just, they don't shoot high enough. You and know. they don't believe in themselves either. yeah yeah and but then like, there's also the young boys you've got to kind of bring them down a little bit because they um they shoot too high yeah but you've got to true. you've got to re- you know reel them back in and, and you've got to get them on track because it's it's your responsibility to make sure that they move well so they stay injury free because i i know like as a young dude like you're hungry you see the best you want to be the best and your you ego's like, through the roof your ego's through the roof you're like Phew. The biggest thing I've seen over the years with those guys is just just bring them back down to like their level that they should be at. Let them know that it's possible for them to get there and keep going for it. But let's do it in a smart way and let's get a really clean, good result for yourself. And technically, you'll move better and then you'll have longevity in the sport. So, yeah. 100%. I think I love that about coaching as well. Like some people, like we touched on earlier, don't have the belief that they can be better don't have the belief that they can do more and because you and i have seen so many people move over the years and it's like no you can do it and you show them a way to do it and then they hit their goal or they back squat a pr or they run a 5k pr whatever it is and they're like oh wow you actually did help me do that and that helps instill the belief within themselves which i think is so cool yeah like little things like giving someone the ability to learn how to do a proper pull-up it's right. so simple like that we just take for granted it's like a pull up who cares mm. that's, that's such a huge thing what about someone breaking parallel on a squat for the first time yeah. like oh, I never thought I could but I never thought my knees would let me or they jumped onto a box you know like there's so many small wins in life that people just take for granted or don't don't see them as wins and mm. then just letting people know like this, that is a huge that's step that's huge and, I couldn't agree more and just and drink in every moment hundred percent and it's just like take those tiny little wins along the way because when when you keep getting those wins and they accumulate you're like oh mm. I've, I've banked up a few now yeah. and like oh I've actually come quite far yeah 
That's awesome, man. Callum, mate, thank you so much for jumping on the potty with me today. I've absolutely loved chewing your ear off like I always do, and we finally get a recording of it. Mate, how do people reach you and where can people find you and the Wards Gym crew? Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is um, jump on Google and chuck in Wards Gym. Uh, we're here at 11 Rooney Street, Richmond. run classes for all levels of CrossFit. Uh, we have weightlifting classes, gymnastics classes. We also do mums and bubs classes and 50 plus classes. So we've really got everything covered. We're starting a little kids program as well. Um, all these things, we're just trying to help the community as much as we can. Um, we have been for years, so yeah, reach out through Ward's Gym, look up Callum or CrossFit Cal on Instagram, uh, always happy to help. Awesome, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Loved it. Awesome, mate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dominate Your Fitness podcast. Please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to if you enjoyed it. If you're ready to lose weight, gain strength, or take your training to the next level, send me a message on Instagram at Nick Longhurst to take the next step. Bye for now.